Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And welcome to another Top 10 Debate. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to talk about Times WWE booking failed Braun Strowman. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamper to talk about his article, 10 times WWE booking failed Braun Strowman, the whole thing of which you can read right now at whatculture.com. Um, it's been a while now. Uh, your thoughts on Braun Strowman being released and the recent uh, interesting Twitter backlash to Mark Henry suggesting that maybe he could go to AEW. Uh, I have very little on either, which makes me perfect fodder for this podcast, doesn't it? I I was very sort of sad for Braun to have gotten released, considering that he had signed this big deal and he was one of many to sign a massive deal for years and years and years that probably assumed that he was going to see through the years and years and years of that deal. Like the Good Brothers that came before him, there was massive money being offered in 2019. And I just felt sad that all of a sudden those big contracts that must have made those wrestlers feel so empowered and so, um, I don't know, like so proud, I guess, of their achievements mm. in wrestling to have been deemed that worthy by the biggest wrestling company in the world to suddenly just be staring down the barrel of 90 days or whatever it was and then on the scrap heap again. So I felt a little bit sad for him in that regard because he strikes me as somebody that was, oh, well, he said it as much in an interview, didn't he? he? was He'll only ever work for Vince McMahon. He would say that when he imagined he'd only have to, I guess. But So he did seem very entrenched in WWE and I, I have no doubt he was very disappointed to not have that job. Um, in terms of the AEW discussion, I still don't really know. I can see both sides of the argument. I don't think, I don't think the roster needs him. That's not a particular slight on Braun Strowman. I'm not so sure what that roster needs, if anything at all, mm. but it definitely doesn't need a monster. Um, it doesn't need a giant. There are some big guys there that perform the role well that a Braun Strowman can perform that are already getting shunted down the card because there's only so far you can go with them. You know, if you look at the match at Double or Nothing for the TNT title, you've got Miro as this current killer. Mm. who would be dwarfed and thus theoretically squashed by a Braun Strowman if them two were to were to mm-hmm. come together. You've got Lance Archer, who is now on like the downward slide 
from a very similar run a year ago. And you've got Wardlow, who is on the ascendancy. All three of them would be dwarfed by Braun. All three of them would look like Braun Strowman's plaything mm. in his presence. And they would have to book him as a star because, as we kind of learned, I don't know how much of that was just rumour and conjecture, but as we learned, he's not going to come cheap. Mm-hmm. So they'd have to like make sure that they get back the money that they spent on him by pushing him, by making him a big deal. And I just, I don't know, I can, anyone's worth a go. If you've got a good creative team and you've got good opponents, anybody's worth a try. So I understand the potential excitement of, you know, people like Mark Henry came in as a coach and even people were saying, Man, I kind of want to see Kenny Omega versus Mark Henry. Like, I get that. I, I do get the idea that there's all these like weird and wonderful combinations of wrestlers. And Braun's no different in that regard. I just, I don't know. There's very few people at the moment that I like, like I would, I'm thirsty for AW to sign. Mm. I want to see more of the people I don't get enough of as it is that are on the existing roster without feeling like you need to add more to that stack. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, so in terms of Braun, because it really hit that people just stood there. And I know he has been world champion, but I feel like so many missed opportunities with Braun Strowman uh, once he was uh, officially released. Let's start with the beginning of that, I don't know, poor booking decisions, I suppose is the basic way of putting it, with, with Braun. And that being... No Mercy 2017 is his first big failure around a world title. Yeah, it's it's okay every now and then for um, challengers to lose at the first attempt when you know that you can trust the booking and you can trust the process to recover them after the fact. Um, it happens more now in all elite wrestling, I think, because often it just isn't believable that the guy would win their first match in their first title shot. They've got to like suffer the consequences of, of their own inexperience. If you think of like a Darby Allen and perhaps long-term and Anthony Agogo and definitely a Jungle Boy currently, who's sure not to win against Kenny Omega, but won't be damaged as a result of it. There are new ways now with which to book a guy to lose and then ultimately figure out what went wrong in the past and win in the future. But this match wasn't booked that way at all. Braun Strowman had had an incredible 12 months. The brand split the prior year, 2016, had really... Um, been quite freeing for certain wrestlers in WWE. Uh, there was a long time where there was a huge logjam. There was a real bottleneck effect of only having one brand again, effectively one roster. SmackDown was a recap show for Raw pretty much. Um, and just guys weren't getting over. They were all appearing, but they weren't getting over. Braun as a single star getting pushed the old fashioned way on Raw. It got over really, really quickly, quicker than even, the, even they expected. Braun had quite a good natural charisma. Then they made him the king of things. So it became about tipping over cars <laughs> and ambulances and just ginormous prop comedy with a guy that could handle ginormous props. The only thing was, in the presence of Brock Lesnar, he became the ginormous prop himself. Brock just didn't seem that keen to sell for him that night. The arrangement of the match felt all wrong. Braun had dominated Roman Reigns. He'd basically taken the pre-existing top guy in the company and won a feud against him. He'd lost the odd match to him here and there, but he won more than he lost against Roman Reigns, and he batted him across the summer as well. They'd had a massive, insane multi-man at SummerSlam that people kind of brought back around to wrestling Twitter, I think around the time Samoa Joe got released. Because mm. WWE were doing these all the time, and there were just these like big monster brawls that Braun was awesome in, and this was his first one-on-one. And he was just made incredibly ordinary. He was normalised in under 10 minutes. Um, and Brock was the champion. So it's one thing to fall short. 
but it's quite another to fall short against the guy that you're probably not going to get another shot against, mm. at least not in this ring. And, and he didn't. He, he, he'd have a similar issue with Brock again in the future, but this was his only real punt at Brock in that 2017-2018 run, and he failed. So for Brock, it was on to the next one. And for Braun, there was this distinct sense that other than the impending babyface turn, there was all of a sudden nowhere else to go with him. And I just wish they'd had a bit more bottle mm. taking the chance then. Because they it never it, they never had that again with Braun. There was a few times where they came close, and obviously once where they even put the belt on him, but they never had it quite there again. Mm. And it's it's a wrestling thing. It's really hard to get that lightning back in the bottle. Yeah, it was we talk about this all the time. It was a match you went in going, Well, neither man can afford to lose, and that you ended it by going, Oh yeah, I guess I suppose that guy could afford to lose because he looked kind of basic bitch now <laughs> and obviously that was the match I if I remember rightly yeah where Braun got a little bit carried away and and Brock reminded him that he's a former UFC heavyweight champion if I'm not mistaken <laughs> uh, right know, any that, that, those like stiff shots that people remember as well it was all just reduction wasn't it he's not such a monster when he's just getting smashed in the head mm. let's move on to our set Second entry and Shane McMahon and that stupid, stuttery bullshit we had to watch in the build to WrestleMania. Because to be fair, I tweeted this, I remember at the time, watching that match, I was like, I don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care. Rips off the side of the cage, (laughs) pulls him through it, and I'm all, you son of a bitch, I'm in. But everything else, the month, Two months, it felt like, that led to it all was just so backwards. Yeah, really backwards. Um, More backwards than Braun was supposed to have been at school when we were hearing about those reports where he was getting Ds and Fs and all that sort of thing. It speaks to Raw and WWE and the churn that this feels longer ago than it was. Yeah. I cannot believe we were talking about this week on week between... February and March of 2021. Um, and not just because of the content, which itself was dated right out of about, I don't know, 1986, when the <laughs> Nickelodeon first started using luminous green gunge on their TV shows. Because that was introduced to the storyline completely out of nowhere. I believe our only sort of rationale for that at the time was that there was a discount at the Goo Factory. <laughs> if you bought 10 bats of black, you got a green one for free. So they just used it in the angle for no reason. Um, it was, well, the reason given was, of course, Shane McMahon wanted to embarrass Braun. But that was the issue, is that he embarrassed him all the time. And Shane McMahon was sent out there to call Braun stupid. And I wish he'd just been as succinct as that, rather than running around the ring and getting himself out of breath and then standing in the ring and going... <sighs> <sighs> Uh, 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 you're a stupid bro. Sorry, I got to spit my fist. Uh, you're a stupid bro. Like that weird delivery style where he didn't have a crowd to bounce off, and it, like you couldn't tell if he was working or if he was just knackered. Uh, he certainly looked one because the sweat was pissing through his shirt and his jacket. But um, yeah, he would call Braun stupid, and then he would do a thing that would then make Braun look stupid. Mm. So the heel in the angle was suddenly right, and that didn't work either. There was that time where. I think I mentioned this in the article, but he's it was a couple of weeks where it was car stuff. So Shane was getting in his car and speeding away from the building, and Braun was like, oh, I'll go through next time. Only he didn't think I should get in a car to go get Shane. I just set off on foot. That's how people catch people in cars. I'll set off on foot. So he starts running out of the building. And I swear, I watched the footage back because I did when I was writing this article. He is not even out of shot, right? He's <laughs> le- it's a long car park. 
Braun has not yet left the shot in the distance before Shane McMahon appears back in front of the camera to do his little look to this, like to nobody in particular, but of course down the lens, going, so stupid. And it's like, wait, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, he's chased a car on foot. Number two, there's a pandemic going on. That car park's really echoey. Mm. Surely he can hear Shane McMahon going, he is so stupid. And then just listen and think, oh, you're there. Why am I running out of the building? When you're like, Shane's right. And I couldn't believe the weeks where Braun wasn't like, I appreciate that the whole point is come up into the cage match. And as you've pointed out, yeah, him pulling the side of the cage was really awesome. One great moment in the canny boring brawl that set up Shane's big four. Like that was what all of this was all about ultimately, but never revisited. Remember me talking about, you won't have heard of him. I don't know what became of him, to be honest, but remember me mentioning that Dabakato was going to be involved in the finish. Because um, I thought Shane McMahon's, I, I don't know what became of Dabakato. He'll probably turn up helping Eva and Marie in a couple of weeks. But like, <laughs> Like, I thought the whole rationale for this was Shane admitting that, like, Braun had wrecked Raw Underground and Dabakato was this monster that had, like, escaped from Raw Underground that had that face off on Raw mm. in October or something. It was just, ah, forget about that, forget about that. Like, I thought they were bringing all of this back and that was why Shane was so pissed off. They never even explored by Shane was so annoyed with Braun in the first place. No. So he just, out of nowhere, started calling this giant man thick, proved it repeatedly, and then once got like thrown off a cage for his troubles. And it was it was like, it never happened. Braun was there on Raw and it was like, none of it had ever happened. Jamie McMahon disappeared, didn't sell anything. Like as he, as he always does, off the road now for like 40 weeks. He'll come back and work 12 right before WrestleMania, but that's him. Thank you very much. They're the rest up till Christmas, brother. Like, <laughs> oh, miserable, miserable scenes. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Now, returning to, to more points from this list, uh, 10 times WWE booking fail Braun Strowman, which, as I said, is available at whatculture.com. That, that we just mentioned with Shane McMahon, and what I want to talk about now with Nicholas, personifies the weirdest, in my opinion, WrestleMania record. And I'm not saying that he you know, won or lost lots of matches, but every WrestleMania was so weird 
from the beginning, standing there and watching Eric Rowan get his ass handed to him by the rock in six seconds or whatever it was, tagging with a child, fighting guys from Saturday Night Live. It's official. Suddenly he's fighting Goldberg six days before the big show. And then he's fighting the boss's son and getting goo dumped all of him. I can't think of anyone else who's had a stranger time at the show of shows. No, um, he's Braun Strowman in a lot of ways is the case of the common WWE superstar in the modern age. He, his WrestleMania record, like as everybody should, but Braun's as much as anybody as a, like a, as a giant, as a monster and somebody that's generally pushed or featured. Braun's WrestleMania record should mostly read as like a legacy for him. So you should be able to see how he entered into a battle royal for the first time and he won it. Or he like won a secondary title as part of this big coming out party for him. Mm. And then later on, you'd see that later in the year, he dropped that belt, but he'd move on to bigger things. And then eventually he breaks into the upper echelon and he's always there or thereabouts. When he's not fighting for titles, he's in big like prize fights. He's fighting like a Brock Lesnar or they've got a, well, I was going to say they've got a couple of celebrities in, but I guess the last time they did that, it was relegated to the pre-show. But you've got like a, so like an ex-boxer or something in, you know, one of the, like, the, like what they did in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, with Braun and... Uh, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, thank you. Like, that sort of stuff would be kind of like a WrestleMania legacy that you would expect to see, but not bronze, as you pointed out. And this, I, I have a sense of humour. I know I come across like a miserable bastard. I know I'm older <laughs> than time itself, right? But like, I have a sense of humour. And I, I can find charm in the idea that Braun Strowman picks a child out of the crowd. It doesn't matter that he's a referee's kid and it's a work, but like picks a child out of the crowd because what? he's so confident <laughs> that he can beat the bar, right? That he just gets a kid to help him. He, like, it's not about who the kid is or even who the partner is. Could have been me, could have been you. It's like Braun's doing it on himself, but he's been told by this company that have enforced his rules in itself for the first time in forever. Somebody wrestled on Ron Monday that wasn't even, the commentators didn't even know. She just wrestled the match and got the win. But like, apparently... Braun needs a tag partner, so he gets one, he gets a kid. Point is, he can beat the bar by himself, and it's this cute sight gag. WrestleMania moment, blah, blah, blah. But, again, to go back to the Brock match, like, this is just months removed from him being the potential biggest breakout star and possible future WWE champion. And I've complained on 3,000 podcasts with you of the smile they slapped across Diesel's face when they first put the WWE title over his shoulder. They'd not put the belt over his shoulder, but they were still slapping the smile across his face. Mm. Like, he wasn't the champion. He wasn't the top guy. He wasn't yet at a stage like Drew is now, where it's like, oh, I'm going to start telling Scottish folk stories because I'm that kind of wacky guy. Mm. He'd he yet to ascend. He was still, like, well, he's still theoretically on the ascendancy. He's going to win the tag belts tonight. This is going to be, like, a big stepping stone moment for him. Like, maybe the WWE title is to come. Now he's a clown, isn't he? He's farting around with a little kid in a throwaway WrestleMania segment on a night where um, like Ronda Rousey is debuting and like there's an actual star that's going to get this huge push and it's going to be a big deal and it's going to be a talking point 12 months from now. And he's fluff, he's fodder. He's, Bruce Pritchard says it on podcasts all the time, he's a let-me-up wrestler. Like those WrestleManias are long, we know that. You've got to plan your piss breaks out. People were allowed to plan for the Braun Strowman match to be their piss break. Somebody will be devastated because I was thinking it would have been me picked as his tag team partner, but I went to the toilet and he picked Nicholas. They won't mm. know that it was a work. But yeah, like that sort of perception means something. It was silly, it was fun, and it was cute, but people will perceive you differently long-term. And that was already happening with Braun, and this was sort of like the last thing he needed. He needed 
something a little bit serious and he needed like he needed danger to be back around Braun instead of I don't know like a guy that you would invite to your kid's birthday party maybe that was it was at that point that he transitioned into that and then the next year he fought the two blokes from Saturday Night Live yes he did and almost lost and for the pre-show it wasn't even for like wasn't even for some notoriety on the pay-per-view or major talking points in the New York area because they were on Saturday Night Live. It's just for a gag on the pre-show. That was all it was. Mm. Yeah, but there was that Nicholas WrestleMania moment. And, you know, it was, it was funny. And you say about not having a sense of humour or you do have a sense of humour and you do. And we can have a laugh about what came next because it's the bloody swamp fight because... <laughs> Just even the image. Just explain the image that you've put with this article entry. <laughs> it is, right? It's the personification of everything that was hilariously so bad with this entire thing. Bray Wyatt, as the version of the character he himself carved up with a chainsaw and called the fat scruffy loser or whatever the dialogue was they gave him, is dressed in that gimmick again with a manifestation of The Fiend, Sister Abigail, and Christ knows what else, holding a python to Braun Strowman's face while he sits in a rocking chair, the old Wyatt rocking chair, topless. I don't know why that detail is important, but if you look at the picture, it is. I think you'll agree with me on it. It is important that he's topless, isn't it? Yes, Something extra special about that. Chained by his hands to a rocking chair. Well, it's a chains, chains are draped over his hands, let's just say that. And even if they weren't, the man tipped over a bus. You know, like, the man was thrown into a garbage crusher and survived. I'm pretty confident he could smash those chains, but he doesn't. Just let it happen. Uh, which is what we did when we sat and watched the horror show, was just let it happen in front of us, basically. All of this was just stuff happening in front of you. The bit in the swamp itself where we've all been idiot kids at a swimming pool risking getting kicked out of the lifeguard because we're trying to dunk our mates. That was what this wrestling match between two giant men looked like, honestly. Like, you were waiting for the whistle to go. Go yeah. on, do that again. Do that again, you're out. There's people trying to have their, their afternoon swim here. You've got your friend going... <laughs> like that, that was Braun and Bray for like 12 pay-per-view minutes in this muddy water. You've got, the, Alexa like, Bliss, the Alexa Bliss edition was, was absolutely chef's kiss, though. Mwah. Oh, God. What a cameo for the law fans, like the fappening that Alexa Bliss would appear <laughs> in, a, in a Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman. Like, it felt like it was so lurid, it felt like a leak, like that she would appear potentially as Sister Abigail. Twitter went wild for days. Fantastic stuff to be found there. Um, Stock footage of crocodiles, that was great as well. The crocodiles, man. This was just the rest. When John Cena dedicated all the worst bits of his career to try and save Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, and we were mere weeks into the pandemic, that made you feel like, I think I can cope with this cinematic wrestling, you know? I think as a means to an end in this dark time, that this might be all right. The horror show, three months later, when you have none of the optimism of ever getting out of the pandemic at all, because you're three months deep and there's no end in sight. A bit like being in a swamp fight, I guess. And a man has already extracted somebody else's eye earlier in the show. I just I just felt so sad. I felt sad for Braun. It's in this list, you know. 
Um, but I, I think I just felt sad. End of sentence. Like <laughs> ten, ten times WWE booking failed the human race. The swamp fight. The horror show at Extreme Rules. It's, I just, I'm just looking at that card. It is so bad. <laughs> it's, it's all time. It starts bad. really well. Now, I'll tell you what. Tell you what. It starts really well. That's Shinsuke and Cesaro versus New Day match. I really, really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, good that, wasn't it? Bailey, Nikki Cross. I don't remember. Probably was fine. It's Bailey and Nikki Cross. Seth Rollins took out Rey Mysterio's eye. Then a no contest. Asuka, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Kyrie, same thing. 20 minutes. Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler, where the Extreme Rules stipulation only applies to one half of the match. Dolph could pick whatever he wanted. On the same show that you've got a guy tied to a chair with a snake put in his face and somebody else taking his eye out, he's like, Drew McIntyre can't get disqualified. Whoa, Dolph, he's up. He's up. And then an 18-minute swamp fight. For f- sake. I forgot about that Dolph thing. Of all the nights. I've, I've, I've got him. I've got him. Can't get to read some of this. I, I, I don't want to read it all because it's honestly, it's really good to read this verbatim. <laughs> Sometime later, <laughs> this is the a female figure with a black, black veil. This is a prelude to it. A female figure with a black veil then appeared with a snake that bit Strowman, rendering unconscious. Sometime later, Strowman awoke in a field where he was attacked by another man who he set ablaze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on fire. I love that. Uh, then we uh, then we got the Alexa Bliss illusion. Um, White appeared once again, and the two fought onto a dock until Strowman performed a choke slam on Wyatt into a boat that sailed off into the do- darkness. Thinking that the fight was over, Strowman began to depart, only for the boat to return. <laughs> Just, oh. and there were people at the time, honestly, that and I, I kind of understand it now. But just like, just trying to make the best of it, the worst possible situation. And it was just like, no, don't do that. Don't give them this out. Just like there's people honestly saying, oh, come on, like at least they told a good story getting from A to B. Aye, but like when A is a snake bite and B is like somebody getting set on fire and C is somebody coming back on a boat, like learn a different alphabet. After arriving in a vehicle, Strowman walked towards Wyatt. However, it suddenly went dark and Wyatt vanished, after which an enraged Strowman obliterated the rocking chair. <laughs> it's all right. It's incredible. <sighs> Great stuff. Oh, dear. What was your Matt? Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, I haven't even got time to talk about that time they had a fight. <laughs> um, money in the bank. And they did this big smile when he was going to do a running power slam onto the mask. And he kicked the mask out of the way as he was doing it so he didn't even land on it. Brilliant stuff. Miserable feud. Awful. Just awful. Uh, we've referenced a lot in this article, but there's only one final thing I want to talk about, and that's the time they gave him a drain sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Okay. Strowman Express. But don't do it bloody literally, lads. I, I, second time on this podcast I have a sense of humour I promise I'm not just miserable about everything but I tend to be really miserable about things that happened on Monday Night Raw really I am that goddamn train right as we record this we are days away from um, what could be 
the last pandemic era pay-per-view in its truest sense of WWE. That's right, isn't it? Please, God, yes. Yeah, like, I don't want to jinx anything. We've just lost 30 days here in the UK, so I don't want to jinx it for our friends across the Atlantic. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed. Last pandemic pay-per-view is, is upon us. And Shayna Baszler's on that card against Alexa Bliss. And I feel that it's in everyone's best interests for you to prepare yourself mentally for them to do every last bit of cinematic stupidity, prop comedy, yeah. and doll stuff. Anything that you can imagine, like they've already imagined 10 times worse and they've not got long left to use it. We are coming to the end of this. Crowds will make noise, not pop.wav, not Roman Reigns having to stare at nothing and being like, people, 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 you people. Going, like, <laughs> I promise, right? And not somebody either pressing a train button or better, in my opinion, somebody standing over a house mic with one of those like slide whistle train noises, like that. We're, we're getting quite, but like prepare for lots of it in Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss because yeah. it's the last chance they've got. It's the last chance they've got. This was a 2021 idea when it felt as if they'd indulged as much as they possibly could before Christmas, like we all do, I guess, at that time of year around December. And then you start the year and you think, I've got to be good. Uh, I've got to, I've got to shed some of the... Sh-. And then we had this great Royal Rumble pay-per-view where it really did feel like they were shedding the... Sh-. And then like all like the best of us, Gets to February, March, and all that, all that sort of good attitude, and all that diet, and all that attempt, it's kind of gone out the window a little bit, isn't it? And like they're going, this is a really, really well received rumble, this, you know. And then Vince is like, nah, I want Edge to be miserable. I want uh, Sasha Banks to be angry at the team up, and I want Braun Strowman to have a goddamn fucking train noise because I don't get one when I walk to the ringside. It's like the diet was going really well, wasn't it? And basically. Vincent managed just the diet of the creative team has just smushed their face into a cake. <laughs> Welcome back to how you actually live. Get me my train noise. I just... A train noise? And Don't... Don't... commentary, as you pointed out to me. Uh, well, he's required to talk about what... Uh, it, so they've done this bit where Braun's got a report card. So Tom Phillips has to read, like, repeat the line off the report card about uh, he's a destructive force and a disruptive influence... What was the last bit that like leaves everybody down in his path or something like that? Yeah. And yeah. to listen back to it, the clips, I've put the clip on the article. To listen back to it, you wouldn't know about that report card bit because Tom Phillips just sounds like he's doing some WWE speak. Mm. The whole thing sounds like a slogan they're going to put on a T-shirt, front and back. And WWE are not to be castigated for experimenting in the pandemic era. They are to be castigated for horrendous ideas. And this was a horrendous idea. Got a giant man who's literally a WWE performer from the ground up, but he's got the word Stroman Express, so making <laughs> the human train. I'm genuinely surprised they didn't give him like a conductor's hat to to put on Tom. <laughs> he walked out, bloody ridiculous, and people wonder why. Where did it go wrong for for Braun Strowman? All of the things we've mentioned and five others on the article. Whatculture.com, 10 times WWE booking, fail Braun Strowman. Let us know your thoughts on that and everything we've discussed at Whatculture WWE on Twitter. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. As I said, follow us all at Whatculture WWE and make sure you subscribe to Whatculture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. 
podcasts. But my thanks to this article's author, this has been another top 10 debate. Thanks, Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.